former San Diego police officer, and he actually can relate to many of these things because he found himself involved in some off-duty incidents that actually cost him his job. Welcome and thank you for coming and being with us. Thank you, Kevin. I'm going to take you back to the time actually when you were on the department because during your time there was actually a number of officers that were involved in things similar to what we're seeing today. Um, and I want to just bring up a few of them. 16, 2006, San Diego Police Department was forced to conduct an investigation and an arrest of Officer Cedric Green. And during this time, I received information from a police officer, and here's what he said in an email to me. It says, Cedric is guilty of numerous other crimes, both on and off duty, and San Diego PD knows it too. He sure as hell did indeed boast about his numerous affairs. I personally had dealings with him and caught him red-handed in one of his little escapades while he was on duty. You should have seen his behavior when I threatened to call the supervisor. Cedric could not leave the area fast enough. He is no hotshot cop, just a lying, badge-tarnishing individual who deserves to be fully investigated and prosecuted. This officer says he took this to San Diego Police Internal Affairs when Cedric was caught but never received a response from them. Now, you knew Cedric Green, I believe. That's correct. I worked with him at Southern Division. Okay. And there was a few other officers that also had some uh, interesting issues that came up. One was James Estrella, pled guilty to receiving stolen property. I believe him and his wife were involved in some type of a uh, eBay uh, scam where they were selling stolen property or something, and you know him. That's correct. Uh, I know him as also well. as well. Your case, and correct me if I'm wrong, was really involving um, an issue. Alcohol became really the issue that hurt you the most. Very much so. How many of these other cases with these officers do you think involves alcohol? Well, just listening to you, just uh, go down the list of officers who've, who've gotten in trouble. Um, I could just see alcohol playing a large part in their decision-making off-duty. Um, I believe there's a high number, Kevin, to answer your question. Now, let me take you back to your police academy, because I actually met you, I think, when you were 18 or 19, and I met you at um, Southwestern College. That's correct. And this was before you were a police officer, and you first got with the Sheriff's Department. And then I remember a time you wanted to get on with San Diego Police. First describe what it was like uh, when you went through the academy and you graduated and knew that now you were going to be on the streets to serve and protect the public. Well, Kevin, you got to remember uh, I was very young at the time. Um, I had just uh, gotten married uh, several years prior to me getting hired. Um, actually, the day that I was hired, um, my wife at the time went into labor. And I was very excited. Uh, my perception of going into the Law enforcement community was very different than what I hear from a lot of people. Oh, I want to catch bad guys. I want to, uh, you know, chase after bad people. Um, you know, it was somewhat, somewhat different in a way that um, I felt that it was the right thing for me to do. The most noble thing I can do in my life. Um, once I got into the academy and um, you know, I saw a, maybe uh, if I wanted to call it a, a self-righteous type attitude. So you almost in a sense kind of felt like you were above everybody else in a sense? Well, it was, that was later on in my career. When, when I first began, uh, I was very, you know, I was very, uh, um, <clears throat> I was very uh, open to, to the, the culture, the culture of the, the police force. Uh, I was very open and moldable.
So you're very impressionable. Right, right, that's correct, Kevin. That's the word I was looking for. It's very I wanna, impressionable. I want to walk you through a couple things that I've heard from officers and that I experienced uh, when I was a police officer. When you went to the academy and you heard all these things about integrity, ethics, and the, the role of a police officer and how serious it is and all the things about your duties and honor and all those things. And I remember when you get with your first training officer, oftentimes officers are told, forget everything you learned in the academy. Were you ever told anything like that? That's correct, Kevin. There's, there's a, a way that um, per uh, maybe the post, uh, post standards they have to teach you through the books, um, all the materials, um, what, what has to be, uh, um, all the laws that we need to abide by, procedures. But yeah, I've, I, I did have some uh, field training officers that were, they were very well, very good. Um, they did uh, tell us a few times, forget everything you learned in the academy. Um, this is real life stuff, and we're going to show you how to be a real trooper, okay. a real cop. Now I'm going to get real personal on your issues if you okay. don't mind. So I don't mind at all. Tell me. I recall when you told me that you were graduating from the academy, and um, I don't remember if you gave me an invitation, but I remember at some point I'd seen a business card, and on that business card you had your cell phone. Do you remember? And I made a comment to you and said, are you sure you want to have your cell phone on your card? I don't know if you remember this. You know, it's it's funny that you that you mention it because maybe at the time I did you know I did have a different attitude. And yeah, they do give us um, business cards with blank um, lines where we could fill in our numbers and and, and uh, just use it as a uh, um, you know as a, a contact on the streets to to. Um, well, the reason I bring this up yes. is because one of the things that I've noticed in a lot of these cases is how accessible the officer becomes to total strangers. In other words, an officer is out there and starts giving their card out. Most recently, the officer that was arrested uh, for uh, forcing sex with a prostitute said that he had befriended her. She had contact with him weeks before. And I'm wondering, how many times did you ever give your card to someone and then maybe a female calls you saying, I need your help? Uh, to be honest, it was, it was numerous times. Um, I've given out my number uh, a few times and... and and yeah, the, temp the temptation is there. Um, you've got uh, uh, d several, uh, several different types of people, uh, females approaching you. Even an ugly guy, not saying you're ugly, but even an ugly guy is a knight in shining armor when you're out there in a police uniform, when you respond to a call, and you're really the hero for whoever it is that you're going out to help. Yeah, I believe so. Um, as, as I stated, uh, you know, I, I did meet uh, uh, acquaintances, um, off-duty, um, on-duty. But I, my, my personal belief uh, was I always try to keep my personal life separate from, from, from work. Um, but yeah, somehow I, they crossed. It. Somehow the line crossed, um, just like the line between a criminal and an officer. Mm -hmm. It's a fine line. That's what the, uh, a lot of these officers uh, realize that it's a fine line between being a cop and a crook. Well, is there also issues that officers are basically out there seeing the worst of the worst? In other words, most of the officers, especially in the areas we're talking about, southeastern, mid-city, uh, southern, these are areas where they're high crime areas, and the officers are certainly not seeing the same thing you would see if you were patrolling La Jolla. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's a fair statement. I've worked in high crime areas where we're exposed to a lot of the social ills, societies, Problems, domestic violence, shootings, stabbings, homicides. Um, 
things that I, most people will never see in their entire lifetime. Right, in their entire lifetime. I, I've, I got so used to seeing dead bodies, um, uh, homicide scenes, uh, shootings. Um, it just, I just became over, uh, des- desynthesized. Yeah, it's just like watching TV um, where you see violence every day. I, I lived it. I, I saw it every day uh, going to work. That was my, my career. And uh, yeah, it surely changed me. The way I looked at life, the way I saw society, and to the point where I went home and I was, you know, looking around corners, uh, you know, just maybe in, in a state where I had to be full alert. Wonder, it changed it. It changed me completely. One 180 degrees from where I was, where I stood, it changed my, my way of thinking, my behavior, and the way I felt, and the way I thought. I don't know if you remember where a lot of times I would talk, try to talk people out of becoming police officers, and that this job really uh, makes you susceptible because of the things that you will encounter. When you look at it, you, you have the ills of society, you're going to the calls, but then you also have the peer pressures right around you. So I want to bring you back to when you're in your field training, you're really trying to please your training officer because in a sense, the reality is your training officer can make or break you while you're on probation. Is that a fair statement? Yes, it is a fair statement, Kevin. Uh, the field training officers, like I said, I've, I've had uh, good ones that uh, I believe they, they um, patrolled you know, by the book. They, they, they've, had, uh, you know, they, they've had their way, their style of patrolling. And there was others where I would question um, the way they did things, and as a, as a young officer, you would have to do pretty much as exactly as, as, as you were trained, uh, or you would um, be looked at as, oh, you're not making a cut. So have you ever experienced things like uh, going to court to testify, and maybe other officers were testifying to things that you saw them a little bit differently, but you were maybe afraid to say what you saw because there was pressure by them to, for example, a probable cause for searches and things like that? There was a few instances where um, you got to get, you know, creative in, 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 in report in fact, writing. Don't they um, call it creative report writing? Right, yeah, creative report writing. Uh, and so isn't there almost a cultural shift that begins to say, you know what, the bad guy keeps winning. We have to do something to get an upper edge, and part of that may be creative report writing. Right, it's, 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 that's all part of it. That's, those, are, those are the tools that, that an officer uses. Uh, you know, of course, the crook is not going to make an elaborate statement, he's not trained in building a full statement of what really happened in the incident. Um, officers are, are trained, and that's, a, that's an essential part of being an officer, and, um, you know, being able to, to be uh, concise, clear, and complete in your reports. But there was uh, instances where some officers, they maybe, um, you know, exaggerated. Uh, let's say they came up to somebody and just, you know, grabbed them threw him down, um, you know, in the report writing, they may, they may call it a distracted blow because he did not comply, comply to uh, verbal commands. And then there's almost like a manipulation then that goes on where officers become very skilled and determined in either making cases, finding their suspect, things like that. Is that fair? That is, that is fair, Kevin, uh, your statement. And you touched on a very important um, word, manipulation. Manipulation is a part of a, uh, is a part of the word that I, I you know I feel I feel it's an umbrella of, of force, and that's what you, that's what an officer is is force, um, wearing a badge and a gun, and in control of a scene, manipulating and controlling a situation, and yeah, it's uh, I got to a certain point where um, I looked at other officers, see how they dealt with situations, 
And uh, you named a few in the, in, in the, the incidents that uh, you had discussed. These officers that have been in trouble were some of your mentors. Exactly. I've looked, I looked up to uh, several officers that were in the ones you stated. In fact, some of those were field training officers too, weren't they? Exactly. And they were acting sergeants. They, 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 they so taught me the ropes. That's where I really want to go to is how critical is it? Because it, it really seems to me that where San Diego Police Department may be failing is the proper mentoring of officers. And I'm wondering if they don't understand how serious it is to build resiliency with officers and to teach ethically based decision making. And I'll give you an example. Correct me if I'm wrong. Officers are told that it is okay for you to lie to people during interviews in order to solicit information. Is that true? That is true. That is, that is correct. So then in their personal life, does this not bleed over to where they begin lying to their spouse and things like that when they start trying to get what they want to get? I mean, is it not hard to turn this off and on from work and home? And You know, Kevin, you, you nailed it right on the head. Um, boy, before I went into the, to the, um, to the law enforcement community, before I be, decided to become a cop, I was a very honest person, Kevin. Um, you know, I, I met, you, you mentioned it, we, we met each other at Southwestern, Southwestern College. Um, back at the time when, um, you know, I was very, uh, <clears throat> uh, very strong in my personal beliefs mm -hmm. and honesty was, and integrity was very high in my priority list. Um, once I got into the, the, the police department and I've seen how artful and skillful the, uh, these uh, officers that were detectives, sergeants, that were, I, I looked up to someday being in their position, they were very good at lying, very good at deceiving and getting to what they wanted. Isn't that almost a prerequisite for moving up in the agency? Well, it's, it sure is. If I want to go to detectives, I've got to learn to close cases, to be able to close cases. I've got to develop confidential informants, which means I've got to lie to them. I've got to manipulate them and get them to provide information to me so that I can rise up and, and basically be a shining star to get where I need to go. That's correct. And I'll, I want to just go back a little bit to um, where you, you had said when you go home, and you bring that, that, that lying, deceptive mm -hmm. um, culture that you learn. You go, to, you go to work and you learn how to, you become a good liar. And uh, <clears throat> I was never a good liar, but I, I've, I, I've, I learned through wearing the badge, through working um, several cases and, and inter interviewing people, I learned how to lie. And I would go home and you know, my uh, wife at the time, she would ask me how I'd go. Oh, it went, it, went, it went good. It was just boring. You know, yet in the back of my mind, I had all these incidents going on. So if you were to talk to another officer, all of a sudden you would like start talking about all the things that happened the night before. But oh, you yeah. your wife saying, well, how come you didn't share any of that with me? Yeah, hey, hey, as, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, taking her to, uh, you know, uh, to, to a few, uh, there was an officer, in the, the ones that you mentioned, I went to their house uh, off duty and, and we were just, uh, uh, you know, shooting it up, shooting it up uh, you know, just uh, talking about, um, you know, what we have done, we have, what we had done in a previous case, and, and she's like, oh, you never told me that, you know, and it's just like, and a lot of times officers use that, oh, we, just, we don't want to tell you everything because you might, sure. you might get worried, you might get worried, and, and, but a lot of times that, 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 that builds a wall between you and your spouse where you start separating from your problems and you start focusing on hanging out with the guys because mm -hmm. they're the ones they understand. They're the ones, they're the ones that are going to 
have your, your, your back and, and when your life's in danger, they're going to protect you. And it is destructive in, when, you, when, you be, when you begin lying. And, and, and isn't, this, isn't this, sorry to back up for a minute, but isn't this also manipulative where officers, in a sense, pull new officers from their spouse, from mm -hmm. their family, saying, but I got your back, trying to build this little subculture of it's us against everybody else. You ever feel that? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I felt a sense of, um, you know, unity and, 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 and um, the, you know, the brotherhood, the, you know, being law enforcement. Um, there, there is, uh, you know, I'm not saying all officers are, are like this, but there is officers that, that do um, stand for what the badge is, is it was intended, you know. All sometimes the they're seen as boring officers. The officers that don't take all the risk, that they kind of go by the book, and, and isn't it where you kind of know who's who are those guys and who are the guys that can have some fun? And I and I can speak oh, yeah, yeah. to my career. Right, right, yeah. That at I know the what time you're when I was a little heavy-handed, I got cheered on, and as soon as I wanted to help people, it was you're a social worker, you shouldn't be a police officer. Right. And and one thing I want to really talk about also is is to me it's fascinating the trend of seeing that many of these officers that have been in trouble, and I'm not sure about the first time, the, the, the uh, officers most currently, but back during when you went through your incident, which we'll talk about, most of those officers associated with one another. And I kind of feel that that, in a sense, was a culture with this group that you're talking about. And I'm saying this from, I know many officers, and several officers that I know that know you at the time told me some of those things. And I want to ask you, I want to kind of validate these things. What I had been told was that you were seen as a very quiet, uh, you, were, you were a solid guy, uh, you were a good cop, and they kind of really liked being around you, and they began basically shaping you in their image, which was, let's go out and party. And I had also been told that many times they were telling you things like, I know you think you're happily married, but you, you know, there's girls you can meet out here, and this and that. Is, did those things, in fact, happen from what I had been told? Yes, it did, Kevin. That's correct. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, what, what were these officers that were training officers and, and guys that were mentoring you, per se? What kind of things were they telling you to draw you into their little culture? Well, I would, you know, I would, uh, <clears throat> I would ride with them, you know, you know king, up, king up with them. That's what you call two-man officers, king, king unit. Um, we would, uh, you know, king up and, and my... Uh, the officer who who was you know was was teaching me uh, the, the certain the division the streets uh, they would you know they would they would show how they they would show me how they would speak to a female how how they would speak to uh, criminals and they were always in charge they they were always in charge um, and uh, so they were showing you the ropes yeah and in a sense they were indoctrinating you into their belief system or the methodology that they used which included flirting with girls and even in engaging in meeting girls that they met on duty in off-duty parties and bars and things. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct, Kevin. Um, so tell me, I want to go back to the first time that they said to you, um, and I'm trying to think because I've talked to many, I talked to one of your sergeants, I believe, at the time, yeah. and he had said that he was concerned because some of the training officers that he knew were bad apples he could see that they had a grip on you. Right. And you really looked up to them. 
And I believe he said that they would tell you things like, dude, you I mean, you're a good looking guy, man. You're a good looking guy. We can get you, I can hook you up with this girl, that girl. Tell me about the first time that it happened where you still knew, I'm feeling uncomfortable, something's not right, but you did it anyway. Did you, can you go back and find a time when that started happening? Yeah, uh, I've noticed uh, uh, there was officers that liked me, you know, around maybe because, um, maybe because, you know, how I, how I presented myself uh, in a uniform. Um, like how you stated, you know, a lot of, a lot of maybe females looked at you as, as a knight in shining armor. Um, these officers would, you know, they would go out there, they would, they, they would uh, uh, have a, uh, <clears throat> an encounter uh, with uh, um, a group of, of, of females, maybe at a nightclub or, or, or at a house party, and they needed backup, so-called backup, um, where we needed to get uh, FIs, you know, uh, basically get their information. Uh, do witness checks, whatever, and and for some reason I noticed uh, some of these officers would always call me to to these situations where uh, while there was a very attractive woman, uh, there was uh, so in a sense they were purposely tempting you and saying go fi her because only obviously you're going to be getting her name and phone number. Yeah, but see, it, <clears throat> see, I I always felt like uh, uncomfortable. I mean. You know, it's not like like I went over there trying to hook them up. I mean, hook up with them or anything. I mean, you know, I did my job and everything at the no, same but time. But let's go back to that. Yeah. Why would they have drawn you? Why would they call you to come over there and want you to fi some of the good-looking girls? Why do you think they would have done that? Um, well, just maybe just to get you know, just to get a uh, you know, just just to see how far. Um, the female would, would respond, how, how, how the, the female would react as far as... Um, like, were they telling you, hey, like, get her info, let's hook up with them later? Or what were they saying to you? No, not, not, nothing like that. It was just, you know, hey, what did you say? She was hot, huh? Like, you know. Okay, so they, you think they were just testing the waters with you? Yeah, they were just testing, you know, the waters with you. Why, why was this sergeant so concerned about your being influenced by these other guys? That's what he told me. He told me very clearly he was very concerned about your um, being really sucked in and these guys having a pretty strong level of control. I think I know what you're talking about, what sergeant you're talking about, because uh, I had a, a sergeant who, when I first got in the force, um, he saw something in me. He saw that I was uh, I had potential, mm -hmm. and um, he knew I was, you know, I was a stand-up guy. I mean, you know, I, I, I had a uh, high level of integrity and ethics. And he told me, there's three things that'll get you in trouble. There's women, money, and having a heavy hand, pretty much. Um, you know, excessive force. And uh, I, 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 I succumbed to, to, um, to, to a few of those, you know, like maybe... A, but he, he gave you advice. Yeah. He was clearly a good man. I had very few interactions with him. But the few conversations I had with him, yeah. I could tell he was a good guy, good officer, had a conscience, and he wanted what was best for you. It almost seemed like Cedric and the others wanted you, but wanted to have fun at your expense. They saw you for what they could manipulate in you while this sergeant saw in you what he wanted to develop as a good police officer. Why did you not stick by the sergeant? What caused you to be drawn towards the other officers rather than the sergeant who's telling you the right things.
Well, you, you got to think, um, you know, the group, it's a majority rule type of thing. I mean, I have a group. So peer a, pressure. Yeah, it's a squad. I have a squad. Um, you know, I, I, the funny thing is um, when, I was, when, I, when I switched, well, when there was shift change and stuff, I would always stick by the sergeant for some reason, but then there was one or two officers that were in that group that they would, they would shift uh, with me on the same team. But, um, you know, even when they, when they left or they, they went to another squad, I always stood with, this, with the sergeant. And I remember one time I tried to leave. I, I tried to uh, move to another division, which is southeast. And he didn't want to let me go because he didn't feel I was ready. And um, he was worried about... Right, he was worried about... Did these guys put pressure on you or make fun of you saying, oh, you're the sergeant's boy or things like that? Yeah, I remember being called a few times, your sergeant's boy, you know, this and that, and, you know, I mean, you know, if, looking back, I, you know, I wish I, I would have uh, made, uh, you know, better choices and better choice of friends, you know, but... Well, and, and, I, and I don't want you to say what you're not comfortable saying, yeah. but what are the things that you, outside of work or even during work, what are, what are some of the conduct with those officers at the time... Um, was clearly out of line that you at times had to say to yourself, what am I doing? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, um, just let's say, in a, you know, we're FI's uh, drunk female and, you know, she's like, you know, uh, just got done partying and, and she's, you know, trying to get out of, of, of you know, a ticket or arrest and she's, you know, the officers uh, getting her information, she could barely, uh, you know, uh, talk or give her information. You know, the officer's asking her, you know, s questions like, oh, how many, how many tattoos do you have? How many piercings do you have? And you know? Show me and things like that. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, that's not, I mean, that's not so really... So you start asking personal questions that... Well, it's, 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 it's questions that are, that you could construe as valid, I mean, as far as, you know... But they were pushing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you have a female that's drunk, she's not like a... Um, uh, hardened criminal where you need to know what tattoos she has in case for identifying marks, you know? But these guys were known by other officers that they engaged in messing around with girls on duty. Right, right. Wasn't that common knowledge? Well, I mean... Uh, I mean, yeah. honestly, did you, never heard, you never heard that that's what these guys were known for? Did you ever hear that they did things like that on duty, messing around with girls? Well, I mean, I've heard, I mean, I've heard a thing or two, but... Um, you know, it's just something that, that, that we didn't go on, you know, we didn't go around saying, oh, this is what they do, or... or no, but you yeah. knew the other officers were all talking, and that that's the reputation these guys had, no? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's officers that, you know, they did whatever they did, I mean, you know, off-duty or, or whatever on-duty, I mean, it's, a lot of times, see, you, you get in a, a, a frame of mind where it's not what you, it's not what you do, it's what you can prove, and, and, and you know... Officers. Yeah, so officers start thinking, I can go this far, and they really can't do anything to me. Right, yeah. They, they, yeah. Because isn't it also true that these officers were known for running license plates of good-looking girls to get their info? Wasn't yeah. that common knowledge? I mean, these are things I was told, and people are right. very reserved what they tell me. But trying to think timing-wise, when, when you left the department, was that before or after Cedric and them? Was it this was before. Yours was before, right? Yeah. Now, when we, let's talk about your incident. My recollection mostly was yours. There were inappropriate things on duty, but they really weren't things to be terminated for. They were just things that somebody would get written up for. Yeah, there's things you, you get written up for. I mean, and 
see the things that, that I almost got rid of, or that I got rid of for, or whatever, were actually legit things. They're legit, you know, um, you know, circumstances where I got the information from whatever, uh, you know, a female, whatever, and they, you know, they would call for me, and then, you know, hey, come out, uh, like, you know, just uh, can you, um, you know, walk me through this? I have a question, you know. They would hey, call you, and it was saying, I want, I need information on this report or how to do something, but really it was to try to get to know you more. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I, you know, I, I flirted with them, you know, just kind of to see wh how far they would take it, you know. And then if I got a call, then, hey, I knew, you know. Because it becomes a game. Yeah, it becomes a game. Hey, I knew she's interested, you know. I first yeah. met you, though. You never drank at all. I never drank at all, In fact, huh? everybody knew you for that. It knew exactly. Don't ask Mike to go to a party. He's not going to do it. And the three areas that most police officers know are vulnerabilities is divorce, right? Right. Alcoholism. Right. And suicide. I've faced all and, three of those. And in the academy, don't they even say that? But That's again, correct. I guess yeah. from the field training officer's perspective, let's forget about the academy. So maybe those th three things are forgotten. Right. Maybe those things. Yeah. If, if I mean, just to just to just just to look at those those key points, alcoholism. What is alcoholism? You know, I mean, alcoholism to a cop is being an inebriate, um, you know, homeless guy on a curb talking to himself. Talking to himself. That's right. that's uh, alcoholism. Alcoholism is not. You know, uh, getting drunk and, and just, you know, partying. partying you have a job and you have a car. Yeah, you know, getting loud and, 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 you know, um, just, you know, acting different. In fact, isn't there, at least I face, tremendous pressure to drink? In fact, if you don't drink when you go out with everyone, everyone's hassling you. What's wrong with you? Come on. Oh, yeah, if you quicker. don't drink, it's like, I mean, a cop that doesn't drink, it's like, you know, What's wrong with you? why are you hanging out? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I've never been working uh, on an assignment undercover vice and being assigned with San Diego PD, and even on duty, we were told you need a drink to fit in. Yeah, which surprised me, and that was a you know a detail where we were armed and consuming alcohol. So now I want to take you to your uh, and we're and just and we're going to do this in series because there's so much to talk about. So hopefully Michael join us again and we'll maybe do like a series of really getting down into all of these issues because it is really interesting to look at these. But I want to take you to your specific issue. Um, there was times, again, you had some minor discipline where you were put on the desk duty or whatever. But then there was a time you got intoxicated and it cost you your job. Right. Walk us through that. And this was in what year was that? 2005. 2005. So walk us through that. Well, uh, I just, I, you know, I had marital problems. Um, and uh, you got married when you were... 18, 19? No, I, was, I got married when I was 21. Oh, 21. Yeah. So you got married when you were 21, and right. you had a little girl. Right. So you're 21 years old, married with a child. Right. You worked for the sheriff's store for how long? For about a year. And you'd been on San Diego PD for how many years? Uh, for about three years. That's okay. So now go ahead. Yeah, I was off for, for, for about three years. And during that time, I, you know, I reached a, a point where I felt, you know, invincible. I felt like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a cop. I'm, I got things going. Why do I need my wife for if she's always complaining, you know, she doesn't make me happy. There's girls that are trying to get with me, you know. Now, let me back up for a minute because yeah. you brought up an interesting point. Invincible. And now you had a college degree, right? Right, right. That's right, correct. so you, you earned that after you got on. No, I always, I always worked and went to school. And, and, and So did you have your bachelor's before you joined Senegal PD? Yes, I did. Okay, but most guys have a high school diploma and maybe a little bit of college. Right, right. How much were you taking home before taxes? 
as a young police officer? What do you uh, remember? A little bit over time. What are you taking? Like, you remember what you were taking about a year? Yeah, I was making about seventy a year. So 70, sixty to sixty so to seventy. Sixty to seventy thousand dollars. Right, right. For guys, many of which have right. a high school diploma. Not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. It's pretty bad good living. In yeah. fact, enough to have a really nice house, really nice car, looking good. Yeah, especially if you have a you know two income family. Right, and uh, invincible. Yeah. And then where does that set you? Well, going back to 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 your question, you know, to the to, to my incident, um, you know, I, I became very very, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> egocentric. Um, you know, I, I felt I had everything going on for me, and yet my my life was 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 in danger, and I didn't know it. I you know I didn't know it at all. All these officers would tell me, you know, hey, you you're doing great, you know, blah blah, and you know just. You know, but my personal life was 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 going downhill, and um, I changed. Like I said, Kevin, I went from being this this young impressionable guy who, who looked at you know uh, standing standing for what the badge meant, for being what what is true, what is honest, and, and protecting people. Where um, you know being a cop mean, meant being like you're you're this uh, manipulator. That's what that's what changed me. Is I became. Uh, passive, quiet guy who, once I became a cop and learned the ropes, I became a manipulator, a liar, a cheater, and um, and I started drinking heavily. Now, during this time, I remember there was a time we stopped talking. Right, I right. tried to reach out to you, yeah. and I think there was a time we talked. I remember a time at a park we met when you and your wife were going to split up, and you guys were trying to work things out, and, and I think we had a really good talk. Right. But then there was a I don't want to be around that. Is that because it's too difficult to hear someone telling you you're messing up? Yeah, you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe, you know, what can happen to you, you know? Oh, anything can happen to me, you know? I'm doing everything by the book. You know, um, I, I know I know how far to go. Um, nothing's going to happen. So when I were just telling you things, like you're heading down the wrong path, you know, things like that, are you just dismissive of it? Or are you thinking... Kevin's just old-fashioned, he doesn't understand, or I'm going through a phase, or what, what yeah. were you thinking when I was telling you some of these things? No, I would listen, to, I would listen, but I wouldn't take it, um, like, you know, I, I, I didn't. <clears throat> Kevin doesn't understand that you can handle it. In a, in a way, yeah, like, like you know, I, oh, Kevin thinks I, don't, I can't handle it, but I, I couldn't handle it. I didn't want to listen, because I felt... Yeah, I got this. I could, I, I, I'm taking care of this. You know, I'm doing good at work. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. But yet, you're seeing the, my moral character, my fiber. You know, my moral fiber, and, and you see that's the root. You're looking at the. You were looking at the root problem, the root cause of of what I was going through, and but I didn't see it because I was so mixed up in seeing what is here, what is it, what is in front of me. Look at the, look, look at, uh, you know, how I'm being looked at by my by my fellow officers. Look how. Because um, the crazy you got. The more they thought, this yeah, guy's the cr- a badass. This yeah. guy's bad. Man, Mike's a badass. This is great. Yeah, you know, the 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 bolder I got, the the more um, you know, yeah. creative I got, and you know, I stirred up stuff. You know, and and um, people looked at me like, wow, you know, this guy, he's, he's he's you know, he's doing a good job, and um, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, um, I had uh, a lot of personal problems, you know, at home, and and you know, like you know, going back to the incident where. Um, you know, I was drinking heavily, and um, I never thought in my mind that I would get in trouble. Every time I would get in trouble, it was because I was, I was, I was uh, under the influence of alcohol, 
when I got in trouble with my with my um, ex-wife, um, you know, I found myself in jail. Uh, and I just very intoxicated. I want to go into it in real detail. That could be yeah. at a later time. But so basically, you're intoxicated. You're having a tough time. You guys are splitting up. Basically, you go and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. You go to her house and you basically kind of get into it with her, and then you force yourself on her. And you're drunk, and you yeah. Just, well, you know, we lived together. Right. You know, it was. To me, it's not her house, it's our house. Right. You know, we had bought a house together. We lived there um, for about, you know, several months. It's a new house that but we got. you crossed into. the line. Yeah, I crossed the line, you know. And, and you're intoxicated. You're saying, you know, come here, I love you or whatever. And she's saying, get off and get away from <clears> me. Yeah, you know, I mean, she knew I was a cheater. You know, she knew I was a cheater. I would come home and then I would, you know, um, you know I'd be a husband to her, you know, in every, every sense of the meaning, you know. And I felt like, oh, she's just throwing me off because she, th she thinks... I was with somebody else, mm -hmm. and I wanted to prove to her that I, you know, I wasn't. You know, I want her, and in my mind, I wasn't. You know, I didn't feel I was forcing myself on her. Right. I was intoxicated. But from the police report, that's what she felt. Right. Yeah. I, and as a matter of fact, I didn't know I was getting arrested for that until. So neighbors called the police. No, police, she called the police. She calls the police. Yeah. This is in Chula Vista. Yeah. Police come. You're now in handcuffs in the back of a patrol car. Right. It's going through your mind. In my mind, hey, I don't know what's, what, what her problem is. I'm, I come home drunk and, you know. What are the I, officers saying to you? They're just quiet, you know, just like, oh, we'll talk. As soon as they found out you were a police officer from San Diego, what did they say? They were just. Uh, they treat you differently? Um, well, they, they, they did kind of. Um, a little more gentle? I think they were, they were you know, they were, uh, you know. They treat you like a dirt bag. No, they didn't treat me like, they you know, treat, they knew you were with decency, you know, as, 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 they, as they should to any, any, um, any, and then they call your, anybody charged against, you know, they call against and say, we have one of your officers in custody. Right, right. And uh, then the next thing you know, you go into the court system, you're down in jail for the first time, handcuffs. You're, right. You're thinking what? I'm thinking, well, this, this is, you know, I, I, I didn't realize what the charges I'm facing, you know, I, in my mind, I didn't know what I was. You're still kind of in denial. Yeah, I didn't, you know, but then I, once they told me my charges, I was thinking, wait a minute, wow, I did force myself on it. I was thinking like, wow, you know. So you start reflecting on it. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking, oh my God, what did I do? Right, and I'm thinking, you know, and then a little bit. You're sobering up too. Yeah, I'm still like, you know, in, in, I, you know, I remember, you know, um, in my level of intoxication, but I, you know, I felt that I have the intent of, hey, I'm gonna do this to her, you know. And was there ever a time you started thinking, wow? I just did what I've arrested other people for doing. Yeah, of course. I, I've, I, you know, I felt very ashamed, and I felt, wow, you know, I, I actually, man, you know, I, I really screwed up. And um, so now you and you did how much time for that? Uh, I did about, you know, I did about a year. Um, and so you and then you get your life. You guys divorce. You and your right. ex-wife now, and you basically try to rebuild yourself. How hard has that been? Uh, when people see you and they go, oh, officer, we'll see you. And you're like, oh, no, I'm not a police officer anymore. It's in the news and things. How right. hard was it to rebuild yourself? Well, it was, it was hard for me going in, you know, um, you know, doing my time because, you know, people looked at me like, you know, people believe a lot what they read in the paper, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, the paper came out that I, uh, I was staying at a relative's house and, you know, people called my cousin, hey, what did, what did Mike do to you? They had no idea what they were talking about, but yet in the paper, well, it says here it's a relative, you know? Right, well, um, they didn't realize they didn't put in there that it was your wife. Yeah, the paper... Was it ex-wife at the time or wife? Well, she, she was my... I mean, you guys we, just separated or...? 
We were separated, but we were still living together. No, we, no we, we were living together. We, we were divorced, but we were still living okay. together, reconciled. Okay, and then um, time goes by, and, and just on a personal note, I know your dad, who you've really never had in your life, right. is an alcoholic, yeah. a really bad alcoholic. Is there ever a time you're saying, the drug addict I said I would never be, and now I'm becoming what my dad was? Right. Is there a time you're wrestling with that? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's like, um, you know, I was this, you know, this this impressionable young guy, and you know, I wanted to do good, and and once I, once I was thrown to the fire, that's what it was. I felt like I was thrown to the fire. I had to, I had to become them, and I was changed. I was, you know, I was made. I became a, a worse person than I ever was. You know, by me going and becoming an officer, to me, it's like I became a worse person in, in my decisions, and and and. You know, I learned how to lie, I learned how to be a manipulator, learn how to cheat. Those are three things that I learned from the culture of, of police. That's Those culture, three things. Yeah. That's that's now, what I you, learned. You got, you got done with your custody in what year, 2006 now? Yeah. And then you start working, everything starts going better, right? Right. So most recently, um, you know, you've still been struggling, different things happen, but you've done pretty good for the most part from 2006 until most recently. And then last weekend, you decide because you had not really been drinking, and all of a sudden you start drinking with a girl girlfriend. Yeah. And you find yourself now in a pursuit, but not as a police officer. Right. As a suspect. Right. And you basically have it all in the papers. Your name's in there. Right. And they're saying that you were pursued or failing to yield. Right. Right. Almost hit the officer. They fire two rounds at you, and then you go to Coronado. And I don't want to delve too much in it because I know it's a pending case. So I probably won't really talk too much about that. Even before this, you seem to kind of have a burden of being transparent so people can try to identify what are some things that can be done, kind of controls, so that officers can somewhat not have to go through these kind of things. Because a huge number of officers, even if it doesn't rise to the level of misconduct, right. certainly go through three, four wives. I mean, I, I can't count how many phone calls I get a week right. from officers telling me about dilemmas that they're facing. Officers out there that are thinking that they know how to just get by and not go too far, but they're doing things that they know are wrong. What would you tell them? Look at these officers that, that have gone through it. Look at what they're, they, they're facing, what they have faced. Um, just like me, what I went through, it's not worth it. Um, you know, just, you know, really, really do some soul searching, really see what made you want to be a police officer, what um, the goodness that you, you wanted to portray, the ethic you wanted to uphold, go back to that route. Um, for me, in my personal life, it was, uh, you know, it was God, um, you know, uh, my personal beliefs, and 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 that's that's why that's why I started. That's that's how I had the idea of becoming a police officer to help the innocent, to protect those that were that were in need. Um, and I would tell I would tell those officers who who are who find themselves, um, you know, maybe questioning, maybe re, uh, uh, relating to to the you know things that I've gone through. Um, they need to go home and look at their wife and really. See the person who who she is, how strong of a woman she is, and a mother, and, and a wife she is, and appreciate her, appreciate your kids, appreciate 
your house, appreciate your car, what you drive, um, you know, your family, how proud they are that you're a police officer. Um, and just think of all that because they don't see when you go to, when, they don't see what you do when, you, when you're crossing the line, they don't see that. And think of it, if, 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 if they were there and they saw um, what you were doing, would they be happy? Um, think of it if they read this in the paper, just like myself, I, you know, I, 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 I've been ashamed of, 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 you know, everybody knowing my business, everybody like, you know, reading the paper and thinking like, oh, this guy's crazy, you know, why, you know, it, it's, I mean, why, why go through all that? Just, you know, why go through all that and, and um, you know, just, you know, do some soul searching and, and, and there is ways to, to, to change um, you know, their behavior, the, these officers, there's, there's ways they can change. Like for me, it's like, I know me and alcohol don't mix. If me and alcohol don't ever meet again, I will have life. And, um, you know, I could conquer life without alcohol. You know, it's, that's, that's just me, I already know it. And if I'm sober, that's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the greatest person. My ex-wife will tell you that. Everybody who's, who's who maybe I've done wrong, you know, I you know maybe because I was under the influence, they'll tell you that I'm a great guy when I'm when I'm sober, and that's what I'm doing from this this you know this point on, and I've uh, that's that's my future is being sober, and and um, all these incidents that and maybe recognizing that as soon as some, as soon as someone comes to you trying to bring the very thing that destroyed you back into your life, that you can't be around them. Right, you can't. You can't. If they really cared about you, they certainly would understand that that is a weakness, and that don't put it around you. Right, that's correct, Kevin. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for watching.